How's everybody doing this morning? All right, good. Oh, there you are. All right, good. Hey, good to see you. <laughs> Thought we'd get to start. Where'd Miss Julie go? And she shows up right behind me. All right. Hey, good morning. I hope you came ready to worship the Lord. Let's all stand this morning. <clears throat> We're going to sing about our unstoppable God. Amen. Here we go. Two, three, four. Come on, put your hands together. Help us out this morning.
set the church on fire? Oh my gosh. She was like, we have to explain. We're going to set the church on fire by being excited and telling people about Jesus. Because we want that fire stirred up in, in us Christians to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen? belongs to the Lord. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. The Bible says that he will go before us and he will fight our battles for us. Amen. Let's sing that together. Here we go. Two.
so glad to know I don't have to fight my battles because I'm not much of a warrior, but my God is a wonderful warrior. He can defeat the enemy. Amen. The Bible literally says that he crushes the head of the enemy under his feet. Amen. Hey, let's uh, take time this morning. I know you're glad you're here. Tell somebody else you're glad they're here, all right? Uh, let's just uh, fellowship for just a moment, all right? Tell somebody glad to see them this morning. house good to see all of you. you can be seated and we got a few announcements I'm gonna I'm gonna give you here all right we are uh, we're heading into the holidays if you have already completed your Christmas shopping raise your hand I hate you I hate you <laughs> no no I don't I don't hate you I just I'm jealous of you let's put it that way yeah I'm jealous of you all right we are fully into the holidays and uh, I hope that you are uh, preparing for all that and uh, we have uh, just some wonderful things going on, and uh, I'm going to uh, just uh, tell you kind of what our schedule is and things going on. Uh, first of all, do we have any visitors today? We don't want to embarrass you, but we do want to uh, give you a card to fill out. Anybody a visitor for the first time today? It's all home folk. All right, we got to go out and bring somebody, y'all. Amen. Uh, and uh, so uh, we're, we're glad you're here, though, today. Hey, don't forget, every Wednesday we have a full slate of things going on here. We start with a Wednesday morning Bible study, and that will be, uh, we do that in the Fellowship Hall from 10 to 11 a.m., and uh, bring, uh, bring some donuts. Miss Julie made some uh, homemade chocolate chip cookies last week, so I brought those. Uh, so we, we try to have uh, something for you to eat and some coffee, and we study the Word of God. Amen. So come on, if you can. On Wednesday mornings and Wednesday night, the house is usually full. We have a full dinner at 6 o'clock and a wonderful time together. And then at 7 o'clock, the youth meet in here. They have a wonderful youth service uh, with Brother Martin. And then the uh, kids meet in the middle rooms there. And then we usually have uh, two classes uh, for adults. Uh, Brother Kelly teaching a prophecy class and me teaching out of the book of Mark. All right. And uh, our, our holiday schedule uh, I'll be a little bit more, I didn't write the specifics dates down, but uh, the last two Wednesdays of December, we normally uh, cancel those because they're the Wednesday right before Christmas and then the Wednesday right before New Year's, all right? Uh, so again, I didn't write down the exact Wednesdays those are, the dates those are, but those last two Wednesdays before Christmas and New Year's, we will not have Wednesday uh, activities, all right? Don't forget also Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, so come an hour earlier. Uh, we are going to do baby dedications today, and we've got a couple of baby dedications. Let me say this, too. When we get to the end, if you, and I think there's a 
stigma about baby dedications that have to be, it has to be newborns. But I'm here to tell you, if you're raising kids and maybe you've just never had the opportunity or you missed the opportunity to commit yourself and commit your kids to the Lord, I don't care if they're 25, amen? Uh, you can dedicate them today, amen? Because listen, raising kids is hard, amen? Anybody doing it right now? Raising kids is hard and you need God's help. I'm just going to tell you whether you realize or not, you're going to mess it up on your own, amen? So you need God's help. So uh, if, you, if you would like to take part in that at the end of the service today, please feel free to come and take part in that, no matter what age your kids are. I may make Faith get up here and dedicate her again, amen? Because <laughs> she gets an attitude. So look at her right now. Look at her. She's got an attitude right now. All right. Uh, I think she needs to be rededicated. Um, anyway, so play, take part in that also. All right. Uh, Christmas party. The ladies are having a Christmas party on Friday, December the 10th. That's this coming Friday at Miss BJ's house. Miss BJ, raise your hand. She always does a wonderful job. Uh, her home will be decorated uh, probably, uh, it'll probably look like Santa Land in there, I'm guessing. Amen. Uh, and so uh, there's a sign-up sheet on the table. It is covered dish, so please sign your name up. Put what you can bring. If you can't bring anything, then just come as a guest. That doesn't matter. We would rather have you there. Amen. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yes. Dirty Santa. That don't even sound right, Miss uh, Miss BJ. <laughs> Dirty Santa. If you're not familiar, that's kind of that's like a white elephant gift, right? Is that what is I'm correct in that? Okay. All right. Dirty Santa. I don't even want to say that again. Uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, bring bring a gift, all right, and uh, uh, like like a white elephant gift. So be careful; you may take your own gift home. Amen. All right. Uh, so, and that sign-up sheet is on the table on your way out. And hey, I want to tell y'all thank you. Um, if you didn't know, we had Mimi's memorial service yesterday, and uh, it was wonderful. Uh, people complimented on the service, but I got to give Mimi all the credit. And I I would say y'all need to do this for your family. My mother took time. Actually, it was dated 2017, so almost four years prior to her death. She wrote out exactly how she wanted her service to be, gave a copy to me, each of my sisters, and what we did yesterday was exactly what she had told us to do. And that made it a lot easier on us. Plus, I knew it was exactly what she wanted. Uh, listen, do that for your kids, amen. It was, it's a wonderful thing that she did for us, amen. So uh, please do that. Uh, I, I want to thank everybody who did that, the ladies who helped fix food for our family. I had over 50 family, uh, extended family come in town. And so our ladies uh, stepped up to the plate and fixed all of us uh, lunch yesterday. And so thank you all that uh, fixed food. And for everybody who came to the service, thank you for coming and uh, honoring her. And uh, I think the Lord was pleased. I think she was pleased. Beamy loved a good party and she loved being the center of attention. So I said uh, she would have been real happy with it, amen. So. Um, don't forget also, uh, we have uh, the military men at the back table. That's just a reminder to you, if you want to take one of those military men uh, on the uh, uh, counter over there, on the table over there, stick it in your pocket. It's just a way to remind you to pray for uh, those in our military during the Christmas time uh, for all of our troops, all right? So take one of those on your way out also, okay? I think that is everything. Have I, I think I've covered it all. All right. Uh, listen, we want you to... Um, 
we wanted to throw a little bit of Christmas in there today. Is that all right with y'all? Y'all feeling the Christmas mood? All right, let's stand one more time, all right? And uh, we're going to sing Angels We Have Heard on High.
just thank you this morning. We thank you for the baby, Jesus, that was born, that lived a life on this earth to be our example. God, we know Jesus went through every temptation. He was our example that through the Holy Spirit, we can overcome. We can overcome the temptation that comes our way. And we know most of all, God, that you understand losing that son. You understand death. You understand every pain that we go through on this earth. You understand. And God, I just thank you for giving this, that example, for giving us Jesus to give us the comfort and to give us the strength and just most of all to know that we can overcome our trials and our temptations. And Lord, this season, Lord, it's the focus is on you, that you were born to live and you died, but you rose again and you're alive today, giving us hope, giving us eternal life, Father. And our prayer today as a church body, as we pray that if anyone's here and they don't know you and know that the gift, the, the, the gift of eternal life is what you've given us. It's free to take. And that you will love them. You love us where we are unconditionally, Father. Now, Lord, I just pray that you would be with our time as we just look at your word today and just show us something new today that we can apply to our lives, Father, because we are just clay that you are the potter. You're trying to mold us and make us what you want us to be, Father, and we just thank you for having the patience and the love and giving us more chances than ever. We just thank you for your open arms, God. We just thank you for your presence and what you're going to do today in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offering this morning. Amen. We do have a wonderful children's church, uh, so if you would like for your children to participate in that, you can uh, meet Miss Cindy and Miss Ginger and them over at the door there. Give our children's workers a big hand, if you would, always. They sacrifice so that we can uh, uh, have in here and uh, the little children can uh, make as much noise as they want back there. Amen. <laughs> All right. And uh, we are going to talk about children this morning. Uh, we're having baby dedications, so uh, I wanted to talk to you this morning uh, kind of about uh, giving your children back to God. And uh, one of the things that we need to do, and I, again, this does not stop. You know, you don't stop raising your kids. Uh, my kids are in their uh, 20s and 30s. But guess what? You never stop being a parent. You never stop having an influence in their life. So I don't want you to just check out and clock out from me right now if you don't have little bitty babies because this, this sermon goes across the board. If you're a grandparent, this is for you because everybody in that child's life, whether they be five months old or whether they be 50 years old, listen, my mom, again, just passing away, uh, I was still her baby boy. I, I wasn't the baby. I was the oldest, but uh, I was the only boy, all right? So I, technically, I was the baby boy, all right? Um, but, you know, my mom never stopped being my mom. She lived to be 79. Uh, I'm 59. 
But guess what? I never stopped being her son. She never stopped being my mother. And I, will, I can unequivocally say she never stopped having an influence in my life. Amen. So everything that I say to you today goes for parents, grandparents, uh, great-grandparents. If you are in that child's life, this is for you. Amen. Because we need to understand God has given us children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren to have an impact on. Amen. Life is all about relationships. You have a job and you pay bills and you may think that's what life is all about. But I can tell you this, at the end of the day, when you come to the end of your life and they have a service for you like we had for my mom yesterday, nobody cares what house she lived in. Nobody cares what car she drove. Nobody cares what her jobs were. The only thing that was talked about yesterday was her character, her integrity, what kind of person she was. And that those are the only things that last. Your family. I had family drive 10 hours uh, to come and, and be there because they loved her and she had an influence in their life. Amen. And so at the end of the day, that's really all that matters is your family, the influence that you have. And guess what? You only get one shot at it. Amen. You only get one shot to live your life the way you need to live it. And you only get one shot to have an influence on those people in your life. All right. So this kind of can go across the board. This can even be not about kids. This could be about anybody in your life that you have influence over. Maybe God has put other kids in your life that maybe not aren't even your own blood kids, but you get to have an influence in their life. So all of this goes for that. I wanted to kind of preface it with that. Have you ever given your children back to God? Some of you say, I would like to give my children back to God. Amen. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know he had a return plan. He does, uh, unfortunately, he does not have a return plan, all right? But uh, have you ever given your children back to God? And this is why I said, if you've never done this, I don't care how old your kids are, bring them up here today and let's dedicate them to the Lord. Because it is a, it's a solemn thing. What we're going to do today at the end of this service is kind of like uh, a wedding ceremony, you know, a wedding ceremony is two people standing before uh, God and their family and committing themselves to each other to be the husband and be the wife that they need to be, all right? And what this is about today, this is to parents and grandparents, and I, I'm going to invite the whole families up here because everybody in that family is going to have an influence in that kid's life. And so what they're saying is we are committing ourselves as a family that we are going to raise this child to know the Lord. We're going to raise this child to love the Lord and to serve the Lord. And uh, listen, I'm not talking about till they're 12. You know, we, we live in a culture today that says, well, you know, when they get to be 12, they need to just uh, start making their own decisions, and I'm not going to make my kids go to church. You're stupid. I hate to be blunt, but y'all know me. I'm about as blunt as I can get, all right? You're stupid. If you think at 12 years old, your kid make their, you don't stop making them go to school, you don't stop making them brush their teeth, none of those things they want to do. Listen, your job is to raise that child until they can be an adult on their own, and it don't happen at 12, 13, 14, all right? Uh, as my kids just knew, and it was not an option. Uh, we're, we're going to church, all right? And, and you raise your kids in church, and listen, that, ch that child will eventually become an adult, and then they have their own free will, and they can do as they please. Amen? They will, that will have to be their choice, and that will be their choice of whether they're going to serve the Lord or whether they're just going to ignore him. All right? But guess what? Until the day they leave your house, I believe that's, that's still your job. They're still under your influence. They're still, and, and you don't have to do it begrudgingly. You don't have to beat them over the head. I didn't have to beat my kids over the head. It was just an understood thing. This is what we're going to do. As, as Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Guess what? 
I'm the daddy. This is my house. Now, again, I, I, I don't want to have to, I don't want to beat anybody over the head. You don't have to beat anybody over the head. You just, it's just an understanding that this is what we do in this house. And after a certain amount of time, if that's what you do every Sunday, then everybody just gets used to it. There's nothing else. You know, again, uh, not everybody, you know, when not everybody wants to go to school every weekday, not everybody wants to brush their teeth, not everybody wants to go to bed when they need to go to bed. Listen, these are all part of becoming an adult. And I tell people this all the time, even people in my own family, just act like an adult. If you want to be treated like an adult, act like an adult. That means being responsible. That means doing things that you don't necessarily want to do. Adults, isn't that part of adulting? Doing a whole lot of things you don't really want to do, but you do them because you know they need to be done. Amen? And so I'm talking to the kids a little bit. This is what being adult is. A lot, a lot of kids want to be treated like an adult without the responsibility of being an adult. It don't work that way. The blessings of God, if you read the word of God, the blessings of God work that you will be blessed by God if you are obedient and you do this. Amen. There's always a prerequisite to God's blessings. We always, we're all good about praying for God's blessings, but we don't necessarily always like to do the things that he tells us to do to receive the blessing. And I'm going to talk about that too, all right? So the truth is there's not a parent here who hasn't at some moment wished they could give their kids back to God, but guess what? They're yours. They're your responsibility. The Bible says it is a blessing to have children. I know some days it don't seem like a blessing. I raised three of my own. I would tell you not every day was a blessing. Amen. Some days were more challenging than others. All right. But how do we have that influence? And again, grandparents, great grandparents, how do you have that positive influence? Listen, they're not kids for very long, are they? Uh, we have our first grandchild, little girl. Uh, actually, Anna Kate, we had uh, her. She was uh, a part of uh, Hannah's life uh, uh, when we came into her life. She's eight years old. And then they just had Maggie Grace. And Maggie Grace is our uh, Maggie Ann. I'm sorry. I can't. I don't know my own grandkids. That's terrible. No. I had Grace on my mind. Maggie Ann. I'm sorry. Uh, so Maggie Ann is just a little over a year old. And it's hard to believe that already a year has passed. And we need to understand but, man, that time is fleeting. They will not be a toddler for very long. They will not be a preteen for very long. They will not be a teenager for very long. And I can tell you, and, and other people in here can testify, the first 20 years flies by. And you look up one day, and they're no longer children. Now they're a 20-year-old, and they're grown. And it's in the blink of an eye. And you have a very short time to have an influence in their life and to make a positive influence. So the, we're going to talk about that. We're going to ask three questions. Have you ever? All right. Go ahead with that slide. Have you ever? Number one, have you ever recognized that your children are a gift from the Lord? They belong ultimately and always to God first, not you. Now, this is, again, I, I say this, it's a lot of it is perspective. How do you become a giving person and a generous person? First, by changing your attitude and understanding, my money's not my money. It's God's money. My house is not my house. It's God's house. The Bible says it this way, that everything that you have in your life, every good and perfect gift is from the Father above. So he owns it, and ultimately it's all on loan to us while we're here on this earth. All right? Same way with your children. Now, this is a hard one because our children, we get very possessive about our children. I remember being there when all my kids were born, and you just, man, you're about to bust with pride, and you would, uh, you're going to take a bullet for that child, and you would do anything. 
But I'm here to tell you, understand that as much as you love that child and you think you couldn't love anything else anymore, God is still to be number one. And understand that ultimately, Lord, that child is yours. You've given me the responsibility to raise them. You've given me the responsibility uh, to have an influence in their life. But ultimately, they belong to you. And I want them to belong to you because guess what? Would you rather have them in God's hand or in your hand? I'd much rather have them in God's hand because he can do a lot better than I can, all right? So understand that your children are a gift from the Lord, but they're, they're literally on loan from the Lord. There will be one day, and I don't think, they, I don't think people talk about this enough because it kind of caught me off guard. I, I, people told me how hard raising uh, toddlers was, and people told me how hard raising teenagers was, but nobody ever told me how hard it was once they became grown to let go, let the rope go. And at some point in your life, they become an adult, and you have to learn to say, and after you've raised this child for 18 years or 19 years or however long, and you've uh, told them when to get up, and you've carted them everywhere, and you've uh, told them how, what the schedule is for the day, and now you just have to let the rope go and say, Lord, they're on their own. Guess, and so one day you have to prepare for that. And a lot of that is kind of like, and it was hard for me. And one of the things that you have to learn to do is just say, Lord, it's kind of like I'm giving them back to you. I'm just going to have to trust you now. I'm really putting them back in your trust because now I don't, I'm not in their everyday life like I was before. And so, Lord, I'm really counting on you now, and I'm really putting them back in your hands and your care and your trust, all right? Okay, so understand that. Number two, have you ever released ownership of your children to him? And that's what we're doing today here. Have you ever just taken a time where you have just said, Lord, I am giving these children to you. I am dedicating myself that, number one, they're not mine, they're yours. But, Lord, I, you've got them on loan to me to raise, and I am going to raise them to the best of my ability. And uh, I want to tell you, that comes through in their character and who they become as uh, adults. All right? Now, listen, maybe you have a wayward child. I'm not discounting the fact that God has this little thing called free will. And free will is a tricky little thing because it can be a really good thing, but it can be a really bad thing. Because uh, if your child, maybe you have a grown child and they're not serving the Lord and they are doing all the things in their lives that you wish they wouldn't do. Listen, don't beat yourself up too bad. You do the best you can. All you can do is be responsible for what God, what God called you to do. But ultimately, they have a free will. But guess what? If you take the time and the effort and you put in the work, chances are much better that that child is going to grow up serving the Lord, loving the Lord, and understanding all the things that you taught them. All right? Uh, listen, I, I don't want to brag on anybody too much, but I'm going to brag on Brother Martin and Amanda. Uh, they're two girls, the way they raised them. Uh, that comes through what the, the job that they did in raising those two girls is just by when you spend time with those girls and you see what their character and their integrity is then you understand Martin and Amanda put in the work. They did a good job. Amen. Uh, and Brother Martin, I'm, I'm bragging on you. Amen. And, uh, but that's a good job. Amen. And because I, the, I hate to say it this way, but really a lot. And again, a lot of times kids can make their own choices and they make the wrong choices. But I'm here to tell you, your odds are much better if you put in the work. All right. And as, as the old saying goes, the proof is in the pudding. All right. Uh, you look at the end result and a lot of times that will tell you what kind of job the parents were doing, all right? Uh, so releasing ownership. Number three, have you ever realized that God has left it up to you to show them his way? Do you think it's, listen, uh, God's ways and, and 
the things that God wants to do are not just going to enter your kids by osmosis. You've got to spend time with them. You need to uh, be sharing those Bible stories with them. You need to teach them to pray by praying with them every night. You need to teach your kids to pray by praying in front of them. Let me say this. Dads, sometimes we're bad about this. Dads, we get a little bit self-conscious, but, well, you know, I, me and the Lord, we got an understanding, but I don't really talk to him because it's embarrassing. Listen, God doesn't need you to pray a certain way. God doesn't need you. Uh, your children need to hear you pray. Dads, I'm looking right at you. They don't need to hear mom pray. No, let me rephrase that. They do need to hear mom pray, uh, but not as much as they need to hear dad pray. Who is the spiritual leader in the home or who's supposed to be the spiritual leader in the home? Dad. So it's probably much more important that they see dad pray. Listen, kids are going to learn a lot more about what they see than what they hear. All of us can talk a good game. My kids time and time again reminded me that, Dad, I'm watching what you do. I hear what you say, and it's a lot of this. And a lot of that, especially as they become teenagers, is going to go in one ear and out the other. But I can guarantee you this. Here's what your teenagers are doing, definitely. They're watching every move you make. They're watching how you respond. They're watching how you handle adversity. They're watching how you handle when you get a temper. They're watching how you handle when you get in stressful situations. Amen. And so your character and again, they need to see you praying. It's wonderful to let your kids pray and to teach them to pray little kitty prayers. But listen, my kids also needed to see daddy on his knees by himself and pray into the Lord about more serious things. All right. And they needed to see that by example. All right. So be the example. All right. If we refuse and fail to give our children back to God, we may very well be forfeiting God's best plan and purpose for their lives. Now, here's our main scripture for today. Go to Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 13. And uh, the ultimate test was given to Abraham. You remember what Abraham was asked to do? To sacrifice his son Isaac. Now, I want you to understand God never intended for Abraham to kill Isaac. We may be thinking, well, God, that's just, God's a mean old guy. No, he's not. Read it in the very first verse. Now it came to pass after these things that God, what? Tested Abraham. So all of this was a test. And he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering, and he arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes, and he saw the place far off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering. He laid it on Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, now, Abraham, uh, Isaac at this point says, all right, something's not right. He sensed they didn't have everything they needed. So he said, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. At this point, Abraham completely trusts God. 
and he doesn't know what God's asking him to do, but notice he never questions God. He completely and totally trusts God, and he doesn't say, Isaac, God told, has told me to kill you. He just simply says, my God will provide the, the lamb, all right? Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son, and he laid him on the altar upon the wood. I guess at this point Isaac knows something's up, all right? Abraham stretched out his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. Now, understand, God's testing him, and God wants to see it go all the way. Sometimes God takes you right to the edge, doesn't he? You ever been there? God wants to see if you will forsake everything and really follow him. I've had God many times lead me to the edge of the cliff, and I get ready to jump. And he says, nope, stop. I don't want you to jump. I just wanted to see if you were willing to jump, if you were willing to trust me. All right? That's kind of what's happening here. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and he looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went, took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Notice that goes all the way back to when Isaac asked him and Abraham said, my God will provide the lamb. And there it was. All right. It was a test the entire time. What was the test? God, Abraham, even your only son, Isaac, do you love me enough that you would sacrifice anything for me? Uh, listen, that, this is a hard one, right? This is a hard one because we all love our children. And many times our children... But listen, a danger can be many times we put our children above even God. And you got to be careful. Children are a wonderful gift from the Lord, but they should never be above God in our service to God. Amen. I know many people who want to do a lot of things for their kids, and they put them in other things, but they end up forsaking going to church. They end up forsaking the things of the Lord, uh, thinking they're doing something good for their kids. Uh, again, we've talked about this before, sports or different, different activities that we want to do on the weekend, uh, and we just say, well, Lord, I'm sorry, you understand, but this is good for my kids. This is what my kids need. Listen, the greatest thing you can do for your kids is to teach them to serve the Lord, not hit a ball, not kick a ball, not do any of those things. Amen. The greatest thing, if you are forsaking teaching your kids that the house of the Lord is important and serving the Lord is the most important, then you are doing the wrong thing. You are forsaking the things of God for the things of this world. All right? Don't make that mistake. All right? Uh, because Abraham obeyed and gave Isaac back to God, um, Isaac received all of God's blessings. Listen to everything that God did for Isaac because of his father's faithfulness. Isaac became a wealthy man, one of the wealthiest men recorded in the Bible. Uh, he was a forefather of Jesus Christ. He was in the line of our, Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, and then here we are. We are still being blessed and taught by Isaac's life thousands of years later. All right. Uh, why did Isaac receive all this blessing? Because his father was faithful and obedient. All right. Again, we want the blessings of God, but many times we don't want to put in the work and we don't want to do the sacrifice in order to receive those blessings. All right. So I'm going to give you real quickly uh, four elements of giving your child back to God. All right. And I want you to write these down or take a picture of these. All right. Because these are good. Uh, four elements of giving your child back to God. Number one, giving your child to God is a confirmation 
of your love for God. I've got scripture for each one of these. Uh, the scripture is Matthew chapter 10, verses 37, 38. It says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. All right. So right there in black and white, your children are a gift from the Lord. You are to love them like nothing else except God. Okay? Cannot put your children above God. All right? Uh, you are stating that you love God even more than you love your child. Your child is a prized gift, but never allow them to take the place of God. Uh, and here's another reason why. I love my children, but guess what? All my children are grown now. And two things are still in place in my life. My children have their own lives now. But guess what? I'm still a servant of God, and I'm still married to that woman over there. And the danger, you know, one of the greatest uh, areas of divorce now is people who've been married 20, 30 years. Their kids grow up. They leave the house, and mom and dad look at each other, and they did not maintain their relationship. And mom and dad look at each other and go, I don't even know who you are. And because now it's just them again. Amen. Empty nest syndrome. You ever heard of it? And it, it's one of the largest areas of divorce right now because everybody puts all their eggs into raising those kids and they forget about each other. But guess what? At the end of the day, your kids will have their own life and it'll be back to just you and her and it'll be back to just you and God. Okay. That's why you don't put them above God and you don't, you really don't even put them above your marriage. Maintain your marriage relationship. Uh, my middle son is married, and one of the proudest things they do is they have a date night every week. Thursday nights, they usually have a date night, and they go out. They got two little small kids. It's hard. It's hard to schedule it, but they make it a priority to maintain their relationship as a husband and a wife because they've been taught and understand, uh, and her parents did a great job raising her, too. They understand you've got to maintain that because one day those children will be gone. Amen. All right. Uh, number two. Uh, giving your children to God is a clarification of ownership. We talked about this, that they are really God's. They're on loan to you. The scripture here is Psalm 127.3. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. All right? So understand, always understand. Now, a lot of people, uh, it's terrible, but some people have to grow up in a home where their parents see the kids as a bother. Some people have to grow up in a home where parents don't see the kids as a blessing. They see the kids as trouble. And why did God give us this? And why do I have to raise this child? And uh, that's terrible. Uh, if you had to grow up in a situation like that, I'm so sorry. But I, I want you to understand you have a perfect heavenly father. Even if you had a flawed earthly father or maybe a non-existent earthly father there is a perfect father who we can pattern after and it's our heavenly father amen so all right um so understand they are a blessing your children are a gift from god and they are on loan to you number three giving your children to god is a commitment to raise your children god's way all right ephesians 6 4 is the uh, scripture here it says, and you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Now, what does that verse mean? And notice that it's directed straight to fathers. Amen. Again, why fathers? Because fathers, I hate to put this burden on you, but ultimately the biggest part of the responsibility is yours and mine. We are to be the spiritual leaders in our home. Don't, 
don't let your wife be the spiritual leader in your home. Now, your wife uh, can definitely be the second in command, and she can, uh, she definitely, you definitely want your wife to be uh, a spiritual woman and raise those children. She's probably going to spend the most time with those kids, so you definitely want mom to be doing her job. But don't say, well, mom's doing her job, so therefore I don't have to be the spiritual leader. That's a cop-out. That's a cop-out, and that's laziness for us as fathers. Amen. Your wife can do a wonderful job, but guess what, fathers? You need to step up, and you need to be the spiritual leader in your home also. All right? So, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. What does this mean? This means uh, you can go, I can go one of two ways, and it, 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 this is true of every single relationship in your life. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. Is that true? Many times I can say the same thing two different ways, and I can say it one with a heart of love and a heart of compassion, or I can say it out of a heart of bitterness, and I'm just trying to get you to do what I want you to do. Uh, and I've, we've used this example before. My wife, uh, I'm not great at taking the trash out. For some reason, I don't see the full trash can over there like she does. Amen? And many times, my wife can say it one. And all the, the goal is to take the trash out. But my wife can say it, hey, stupid, you ugly sack of nothing. <laughs> This trash is sitting over here. What are you doing? Are you lazy? Are you stupid? Are you blind? Take the trash out. She can say it that way. Or you say, you know what, honey? You would bless my heart so much. That trash can is full over there. And I would be so blessed if you would just take the trash out to the road. Now, that's two requests that are the exact same request, but it's all in the way you say it. Amen. And uh, one way, uh, I will just be filled with love and joy to take that trash out. Uh, the other way, I will be mad and uh, tell you, saying, oh, she's so mean. Why has she got to be so mean? You know, so we need to understand. It's all in the way you say. So guess what? In raising your kids, it can be the same way. And listen, I'm not saying this is easy. This is a challenge. When my kids got to be teenagers, they got some of that teenage attitude. Amen. And so we had to have some discussions around the house about the teenage attitude. But guess what? As my kids got older, I began to sit them down more and say, here's, here's the rules. And if you break the rules or you go outside of the rules, then here is the punishment. And I tried to make it very clear. And I, this is why we do it this way. You know, and it came down to those things. Well, why do I have to be in at this time and all my friends get stabbed? I don't care what your friends do. Uh, that's, that's their parents' responsibility. You are my responsibility. And here's why you've got to get enough sleep when it's a school night. You've got to do this. And I appealed to them, and I said, these are the rules. Here's why the rules are. And they were a lot more accepting of the rules when I would sit down and with a heart of love bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord without provoking wrath. All right? Now, this is a little bit of a change that you have to kind of make between toddlers and teenagers. But as they get older, they're stretching their wings, becoming adults more. And so I tried to, again, let, release some of that rope and treat them a little more adult-like and explain uh, the uh, why, why we do it this way. Again, ultimately, we're doing it this way. I'm the leader of the house. But listen, I want you to understand these are the rules and these are why when you step outside the rules, this is what happens. Okay? All right. Um, here's the things I could tell you as a parent, a grandparent, or great-grandparent. Number one, be godly. Be godly in front of your kids. Don't talk about being godly. Be godly. And you may say, well, I, Brother Mark, I can't do that. Listen, none of us can be perfect. I'm not saying be perfect. I'm saying pattern yourself after God. Pattern your side. You remember the old, the old uh, uh, things around the wrist, what would Jesus do? 
ask yourself that. What would Jesus do? All right? All right? Then uh, uh, the second thing is this. Teach them about Jesus Christ. Teach your children about Jesus Christ. Okay? Raise them in church. Everybody look at me. Raise your kids in church. Amen? We need to raise our children in church. All right? Don't send them to church. Uh, many of y'all have heard my... my uh, um, testimony is that my parents uh, put me on the bus. I was a product of the bus ministry, but then eventually my mom and dad got uh, got convicted and said, you know what? We don't need to be sending our kids to church. We need to be taking our kids to church. All right. So raise your kids in church. All right. Number uh, love your kids. Love your kids unconditionally. All right. Uh, pray for your kids and pray with your kids. All right. Uh, train train the child. All right. Uh, this one may seem kind of weird, but stay married. Stay married, amen. Uh, uh, divorce affects kids. And it. some of you think, well, I don't really like this woman or I don't really like this man. So once these kids get grown, I'm going to divorce them. Guess what? It still affects those kids. I don't care if those kids are 20, 30, 40. It still affects the kids. Amen. So you committed yourself to that person. Stay committed for life till death do you part. Amen. Stay married. All right. Uh, make your home a holy place. All right. There are some things we, we, we put certain boundaries, especially as my kids were smaller. We put certain certain boundaries in our home. We're not going to watch movies of a certain kind in our home. We're not going to allow certain things. Or we're not going to allow certain words in our home. We're not going to allow certain attitudes in our home. And so you put those boundaries up. And as a spiritual leader of your home, that's, that's part of our responsibility to place those boundaries and say, I need to make this a place that is kid-friendly. Amen. We all hear about those kid-friendly things. Well, guess what? Making your home kid-friendly is part of your responsibility spiritually. So uh, make that commitment, all right? Make your home a holy place. Uh, put away worldliness in your home, all right? Uh, again, this is under that same umbrella. Uh, don't let certain things in. There's certain things that your kids don't need to see, you know? There's certain movies, obviously, that your kids don't need to watch. There's certain uh, books and magazines that your kids don't need to watch. You are the protector of your children. Listen, the world's going to throw enough of that junk at them already so you need to say you know what as the leader of my home I'm going to protect my home all right they're going to get enough from the world outside of my home but at least I can say in my home they're not going to be exposed to those things and uh, I am the protector you're not only the protector of their physical life we're all real good at this to say well God gave me that child and I would take a bullet for that child listen that's true we all would amen but guess what you're not to just protect them physically you're protect to protect them spiritually and so that means you need to set certain boundaries in your home and you need to make your home as holy a place as you can and as godly a place as you can okay and then uh, last thing is live a life for God in front of them Again, your kids are going to learn a lot more from what they see more than what they hear. I wish, you know, all the things I used to say to my kids, and they can repeat many of them back to me, uh, because, you know, we all do those things, and they say, oh, Dad's saying that thing again. But listen, one of the things we need to understand is, is that they were watching my life way more than they were listening to my words. And so uh, we say it this way, a lot more is caught than taught. Did you catch that? There's a lot more in your life that your kids are going to catch rather than you taught them, all right? So be sure and live that godly life in front of them, all right? And number four, the last thing is this. Giving your children to God is a claiming 
of God's plan and promises for that child's life. And uh, we're going to go back to the story of Abraham and Isaac and look a little further down in verses 15 through 18. And it says this, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Look at it, because what? You have obeyed my voice. Again, we all want the blessings of God, but we don't necessarily like doing, putting in the work and doing the things that are required for the blessing of God. But look at Abraham. Everybody remember the little song you sing in Vacation Bible School? Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had fun. This is who this story is about. All right, you can stop singing now. Uh, the this is who that story was about, Father Abraham. And it's all from this story that God decided to bless Abraham and let him be the father of many nations was because of this story right here. He withheld nothing from God, including his son, his only son Isaac, and was willing to even sacrifice him. And God said, nope, I didn't ever want you to sacrifice your son. I just wanted to see if you were willing to sacrifice everything for me, that I was at the top of your list. Amen. So understand, put God first in your life. And the last slide is this. Julie, you can come on. Your children will be blessed by your obedience to God. And there's always a, a negative, a positive side and a negative side. And here's the sobering part to that. And they can be cursed by your disobedience to God. This is why and I don't want to get too heavy on this because I'm a positive person, not a negative person. But again, people that tend to struggle with alcohol addiction, their family members can have a much higher uh, likelihood of being alcoholics. People that come from uh, homes where there was domestic abuse have a much higher likelihood of having that in there. In other words, the Bible talks about the sins of the father can be passed down from generation to generation. So we, we need to understand that, listen, your life has an effect. Many times we want to enter into sin and we just want to think, well, you know, I'm not a I'm not bothering anybody else. My sin only affects me. That is a lie that the devil will lie to you all day long. Your sin always affects somebody else beside you. It, it affects you, but guess what? Not just you. It always affects your family. It always affects your descendants. If you as a father, if you enter into sin, that's going to affect your children and on down the line. Amen. So we need to understand that. Let's bow our head and close our eyes, if you would. Father, we love you today. And uh, we just want to uh, honor you today. Lord, with the dedication of these children, Lord, I just want to pray that, God, uh, you would be high and lifted up. And that, uh, God, these families would be gathering together to say, we, we commit ourselves as a family to raise this child to know the Lord and to love the Lord. And, God, I pray for anybody today, Lord, who does not know you as their Savior. Uh, Lord, maybe they need to get saved today. Maybe they need to come and pray and ask Jesus to come into their heart. Um, if that's you today, I just want to give you an opportunity. If you've never given your heart and your life to the Lord, he is always as close as a prayer away. And so if that's you today, or if you say, 
Mate, I've given my heart and life to the Lord, but I've wandered far away from the Lord. Maybe you can do this as a prayer of rededication. I just invite you, if that's you, to pray this prayer in your heart. And just say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And right now, the best way I know how, Lord, I ask you to come into my heart and to forgive me of my sins. Wash me in the blood of the Lamb who died on the cross for me. That's you today. I don't want to embarrass you, but I would love to pray for you. If you prayed that prayer as a, for the first time or as a prayer of recommitment, would you just lift up a hand? I just would love to pray for you. Amen. Thank you. We're going to have a time of invitation. If you need to come and pray, the altar is open. If you, uh, if you need to come and have me pray for you, I would do that. Brother uh, Martin will be on this side. I'll be on this side. Father, have your will in your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. And if you need to come and make a decision for the Lord or pray here at the altar, you come at this time. seated. We're going to end today a little bit differently. We're going to do this with these baby dedications. Again, we know that we have two, but again, if you are here and you'd like to uh, to uh, take part in this, and uh, no matter what age your kids are, just jump on up uh, after we get through these two. Amen. You want to do that? Okay. Let's start. We're going to start with uh, Chris and uh, Sarah. Are y'all ready? Amen. There's our little angel. Amen. And no, I'm not talking about Chris. <laughs> and, and we want the whole families to come, all right? All, all the family, because uh, like I preached just a minute ago, this is a commitment from all the family that we're all going to do our best uh, to, uh, to raise this child to love you. Amen.
Now, have you dedicated uh, this one here? Yeah. Okay, she's a dedicated. Okay, so we're doing this one right. All right, uh, give us her name. Her name is Bailey Hope Wallace. All right, Bailey. And uh, I'm going to ask the family here, do y'all as a family commit to uh, helping to raise Bailey in the care and the admission of the Lord, to raise her, to love the Lord with all of her heart, her soul, her mind, and her body? Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray then, and we're going to dedicate little Bailey. Father, we love you today, and we thank you for Bailey. We thank you for her life, Lord. We thank you for this family standing together to say we're going to do our best to raise this child, Lord, to love you and serve you all the days of her life. Lord, I pray that you'd give this family strength, uh, Lord, uh, to live a life in front of her that points people towards you, Father God, and that they would, uh, Lord, just stand together and stand firm to raise this little girl uh, to be a daughter of the King and to serve you all of her life and all of her days. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen. Give them a hand if you would. All right. And then uh, we're going to have uh, Emily and Jared and uh, all their family. Y'all can all come on. Now, this is a big crowd. Amen. But, uh, it, uh, you know, you've heard the saying it takes a village. Amen. This is almost a village right here. Amen. But uh, all of these folks, like I said, are going to have an influence on this child's life. Amen. Oh, you'll put him on stage. Yeah, this uh, this is gonna be his daddy's boy. Amen. Well, wants to be center of attention. Amen. No, come on, family, y'all just gather right around here. Amen. All right. Oh man, we got lots of babies in this family. Amen. <laughs> it's lunchtime here. <laughs> uh, give us give us his full name, Emily. Jacob Lee Graham. Jacob Lee Graham. Give him a big hand. Amen. J-O-G. Amen. All right. And I'm going to ask the whole family this together uh, again. Do y'all as a family commit with Jared and Emily to, to raise this child uh, to love and serve the Lord all the days of his life? Just say, I do, if you do. Amen. Amen. That's wonderful. Uh, well, let's pray for Jacob and this whole family. Right? Here's Jacob, Brett. Okay. Father, we love you and we thank you so much, God, just for uh, Jared and Emily and their whole family just standing here today to say, Lord, that they're going to raise little Jacob, God, to just be a man of God, Lord. And I pray that, God, you would help them, uh, Lord, to live their lives in front of him in such a way that would always point him towards you, Father God. And we just want to pray that you'd raise him up to be a man of God, to serve you all the days of his life, Lord. And just pray for this family to all be an influence uh, that this man might, uh, that he might rise up to be a godly man all the days of his life. It's in Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Give them a big hand if you would, amen. All right. <laughs> He's hungry. <laughs> All right, thank y'all so much. This is a good. Uh, this is a good. Like I said, this is a, a village right here. This is just a little bit of the family. Amen. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right, brother David, y'all want to come to Shelby? Come on. Now, like we said, we have uh, parents with kids a little bit older. It doesn't doesn't matter what the age is. Amen. But uh, yes, now see, they want to get on stage. Ah, there you go. There you go. All right, all right. Mom, give me these kiddos' full names, if you We've would. We've dedicated Kinley, but um, Jackson Lee Burks, we haven't done him. Jackson. 
Lee Burks. Amen. Give Jackson a big hand if you would. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. All right. We're going to dedicate Jackson here. Do y'all as a family commit to do everything within your power to raise this young man to be a godly man and to serve the Lord all the days of his life? Amen. All right. Uh, let's, let's pray. Jackson. I'm sorry, I got Jacob, but I got Jackson. I got everything on the brain. Lord, we want to pray today, God, and we just uh, dedicate Jackson to you, Father God. I pray that you'd be with David and Shelby, God, and that you would just be with them, God, that you would just help them to raise him to be a godly young man, Lord. Lord, I know that you have your hand on his life, God, and I know that, God, you want to do special things with him, God, and I pray that, Lord, you'd help uh, all of the family to just do everything within their power to raise him to be a godly young man, a young man who will rise up and serve you all the days of his life, Father God. And I just pray that, God, you'd give them the strength uh, that he might love the Lord, uh, Lord, uh, just with everything that he has, Lord, uh, with all of his strength and his power and his might. And we just give you him and ask you to bless him and bless his family. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Give them a big hand if you would, amen. All right. Anybody else? Anybody else? Brother Buck, you want to dedicate Brother Ken? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah, Brother Tan. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> you tell you tell them if they'd like to do that. We can do that later. Hey, thank you all for being here. I know that this has uh, been a little bit longer than usual, but uh, this, this was definitely worth it. Amen. To do this. All right. So let me pray and dismiss us, and I thank you all for being here. Father, we love you, and we praise you. Thank you for these children being dedicated today. God, I pray that we would realize, Lord, this is a, a wonderful, wonderful thing to dedicate our children to the Lord, to give them back to you. We ultimately know that, God, they're your children. Uh, uh, Lord, they're just on loan to us to raise. And, God, we want to do a job in that that honors you and glorifies you. So thank you for these families. And may these kids grow up to just love you and serve you all the days of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. Amen.